0: Are you a business owner who's trying to build a successful business? Well, how about building to the point where you're number one in Canada? That's what we're going to talk about in this episode. You're listening to the Dynamic Women podcast. Each week, you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. He's your host, award-winning coach, and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Rolston. Hello, lovely Dynamic Women, and welcome to the Dynamic Women podcast. I am Diane Rolston, your host, and today we're going to talk about building a number one business in Canada with Missy McIntosh.
1: Hi, Missy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, well, hello. Like the title of this is pretty cool. And, uh, and for our listeners, you probably want to know what type of business and what's Missy all about. So I'm going to share that first and then we're going to dive into how to build a number one business and what that business is. So Missy McIntosh is an internationally acclaimed makeup artist with over 16 years of experience. Her work has been featured in the Huffington Post, Daily Mail, Cosmo, among others. And in 2016, she fell in love with clean beauty, but could not find products that held up to her pro-picky standards. So she took matters into her own hands and built Miss Mac Clean Cosmetics from the ground up in her small town basement while perfecting each product with two Canadian female chemists. I love that part. I'll have to ask about that too. From grassroots to now two brand concept stores and an online store with award-winning products and services, she's on a mission to empower humans everywhere. That makeup does not define them. It's merely a tool of empowerment. Wow. So much for us to go on here, Missy.
1: (laughs) I got goosebumps. Thank you so much, Diane.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I I just want to first start off with like 16 years ago, you jumped into being a makeup artist. What was the desire
1: behind that? Yeah, oh my goodness. So I've been obsessed with makeup since I was three. My mom never wore it. So it was like I was always caught drawing and painting on my dolls with like the blue eyeshadow. Yeah. And then a little bit of yours, little Further down the road, I started just like playing with my mom's friend's makeup and I would play photo shoots and I would go to garage sales and pick up secondhand dresses and like with the old like camera that you would dispose <laughs> and do a play photo shoot I had no idea that that was a thing and because my wow. mom never wore it I was constantly like up and down the makeup aisle smelling all the things feeling all the things so instead of makeup my mom actually put an artist easel in my bedroom and I would constantly paint and that would be my medium oh. instead of painting on faces so now fast forwarded till I was 14 my mom joined Mary Kay and I thought I died and went to heaven and I was like oh my gosh we have makeup in the house and I was her right-hand woman for four years I was as the Mary Kay girl. And I started just doing side hustling makeup like for grad. And I was actually at a retreat in Dallas because I'm like, I'm gonna have a pink Cadillac. I already had the red jacket. I still have the Barbie, the Mary Kay Barbie in my office in the back here. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And so I was old enough now to sign myself up legally. And I was in Dallas at a retreat and I met someone from Vancouver actually. And she's like, I'm going to go to school to become a makeup artist. Just like, shut up. You can do that from like small town. (laughs) I'm like, not even small town. Like I'm in the boonies. So I'm not even in town. And I'm like, oh my God, you can do that. So I got home, I Googled Blanche McDonald's and that fall I went to school. I graduated with honors and I moved to Calgary right away and managed a counter for makeup forever before Sephora took over the world. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so sadly, and when we were in Calgary, we actually ended up having a silent miscarriage, which brought us back to Salmon Arm. And at that point I was headhunted to manage what was then the largest boutique in Western Canada with Shoppers Beauty Boutique and the first one to have makeup forever. And then this whole life change happened at the age of 22 that really made me pivot and ask Pivot to come back to Salmon Arms so we could raise a family. And I didn't wanna work with the shoppers here. So yeah. I started working as a travel agent. And in fact, I was gonna buy it. That was, I've always wanted to be my own business owner. Um, my dad ran a trucking company when I was, since I was little. So I've always been in the entrepreneurial industry. Mm-hmm. And, but makeup kept following me, I would do one wedding, and I would do another. And it was snowballed to the point that I was working every single weekend on the summers, I was managing full time, and I had a two year old. So I had to make a decision of where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And I started to get tendonitis in my working hand being from behind a computer. And mm-hmm. I was like, No, this is what i w- I feel like I'm doing a disservice to the world by not actually going into my my own power of makeup artistry and at that point I was able to leave and I started working in Kelowna quite a bit for Opera Kelowna Seat Legs. I put together my own makeup artistry training program Ooh. and then clean beauty came into my life and now I like to say not the rest is history but this is a whole yeah. new pivot point um, into my career as a makeup artist. Wow
0: so much for me to go on here but there's you talked about clean beauty. I want to I wanna ask you about what that is so that people know. But I also just want to preface all of this by saying you are now Canada's number one clean beauty line. And this all started from your small town basement. So we're going to talk about first what clean beauty is. And then I'm sure the listeners are like, what did that look like in your small town basement, like building a business? But first clean beauty, what is it?
1: Yes, so clean beauty so unfortunately this industry is self regulated. there's a bunch of different chemicals and everyday products that are absorbing into Mm -hmm. our system, and this is where we're seeing from fertility issues we're seeing cancer causing issues hormone disruptors estrogen level issues. Um, it's really sad once you kind of Mm -hmm. see it you can't unsee it and because it's self regulated, for instance, the US only has 11 ingredients that are banned with the FDA. Canada has about 400, and the European Union has over 1,600 ingredients that are banned, and no one's watching. So, and it's sad to think that makeup, what I believe is a tool of empowerment, it's an art medium, should not be hurting us, especially as a woman. We're exposed to about 168 chemicals on a daily basis. Think about our hair care, our shampoos, our cleaning, our fragrances, all of that. And that's where we're seeing a rise of cancer, seeing a rise of fertility issues is because you're not, you're not thinking about the products that you put on that you see. And it's all marketing. It's all a bunch of marketing, loney baloney, right? That, and again, no one's watching that where you can put something that's clean where people think that it's cruelty for your vegan. That's what clean means, but it goes into the toxicity levels of these ingredients. Not only the toxicity levels, but where are these products ethically sourced? So sadly, mica can be mined unethically in India by children. And no one's talking about that. So you think about the price point of a cosmetics. Well, why is it that price point? Where is it being made? Is there transparency with the company? So as Ms. Mm-hmm. Ms. Math, myself and my executive educator, Heather Nightingale, who's actually my boss with Makeup Forever back in the day, we created an easy way, which we call tests. So if you're ever looking in Sephora or like Ulta Beauty or anything like that, we created this little test. So to me, she's like this little person sits on your shoulder. And it stands for transparency, is the company transparent? ethics is it ethical is it ethically sourced mind all of that sustainability so not only is the packaging sustainable is it sustainably made all of those things sourcing where they're sourcing it from um there's another s test transparency ethics sourcing safety and sustainability so safety so safety for your system so it's kind of the questions that you want to ask yourself if you can go to a brand and be like and ask these questions and ask these hard questions or google the ingredients and it comes up as one of the most toxic ingredients on the market eh, Is there transparency in the ethics? Do they stand up to test? No, they don't. So we made this easy way for people to understand what true clean beauty is. And we are starting to see a shift in this industry where the FDA is finally stepping up and putting into place these rules with PFAs and talc. Talc, unfortunately, which isn't everything, is a carcinogenic and is banned, especially, especially in Canada and the US to be used in products. And again, no one's watching that. So it's really an interesting, once you see it, you can't unsee it. I just had this conversation with someone this morning and I could go on forever. Once you start going down the rabbit hole, you can't unsee it. And that's where... However, as a pro and as pros are the hardest people to like convince to use a product, especially when it's new and it's clean, we need products that hold to light, to heat, to sweat. And it didn't exist. Like then we kind of snubbed our nose to it. And I know because I am one, (laughs) Heather's one, like we did it. And that's why I created MISMAC technically to be the first professional performing line in Canada that held up to all of these. And to be like the Makeup Forever of the clean beauty world, because Makeup Forever is very dear to my heart, I actually studied airbrushing at the Makeup Forever Academy in Paris, and Danny Sands, the founder, is like my idol. She created it, Makeup Forever just the way that I created Miss Mac. And uh, and that's, yeah, that's our why, is because clean is not just a trend, it's here to stay, and we're going to see a major shift in this industry in the next five years, which is very exciting. Yeah.
0: So you've given us kind of a way to look at different companies, maybe our favorite company. Or choosing new products. However, for me, like I'm too busy to do that. So I'd rather just I'd rather just buy everything from a company that I know is already clean. clean has already done the work for me. Exactly. Uh, so it's nice to know that that you have that you're really living and building the business according to those standards, which is really important.
1: Thank so you.
0: You built this major company from your basement and I know a lot of entrepreneurs they're doing it from the side of their kitchen table or their spare room their garage wherever it may be so talk talk a little bit about those early days in your basement what that looked like what was happening oh oh god well google
1: and I were like this so I never (laughs) I've never met anyone who's built a makeup like built a cosmetics (laughs) company before so I had I had to lean on my manufacturers who were amazing, my chemist who was amazing in terms of formulating the product, but I had to do all the, so I had to build the brand. I didn't know what branding was. I had to logo down to package design, down to every single aspect, and it can get really overwhelming when I look at my makeup kit of my mainstream, one and be like, I need every single product in my kit in Mac. and I will not be satisfied until that happens because you're building a brand there's no point in using something else in your kit when you can have the potential of selling the stuff that right that you're that you believe Ah. in and so i was like okay how do we do this because it is very overwhelming so i started reverse engineering things Mm. Um, i really leaned into a lot of business podcasts like jenna kutcher rachel hollis just to give to not only build the company that I'm building and marketing and learning all of those things, but also build the strong person that I needed to be, to be able to move forward and to be the face of this company. When you were talking to me at the beginning, I would shake, I would sweat. I would like, I didn't know what I was building. and I was scared to talk about it. that was a really big moment in my life of knowing that no one is going to build this but me so i'm the one that needs to talk about it i'm the one that needs to figure out every single step i'm not going to have this fairy godmother come in and be like poof you have a brand (laughs) poof you have every single product so it was it was long and daunting and as a perfectionist as a makeup artist and a perfectionist in terms of what my brand represents me i had to kind of get over a few of those things so like i said Google and I became best friends. Um, I really lean onto my support system in my community. We have a lot of programs called like Futurepreneur that helps with business, um, business plans. There's a program in our shoe shop and where I'm located called Shoe Shop Entrepreneur. And it's like a boot camp for entrepreneurship. And they go through, it's the best $100 you'll ever spend or so blessed to have this opportunity. And they literally go through from branding to business plans, to finance, to everything. In like a basically a boot camp, and then at the end you have the opportunity to pitch live to the dragons to get to win prizes and to win funding to get your business going, and I actually won. So that's when I decided like, okay, this is a thing. This is going to be a thing. We pre-launched before that with biodegradable glitter. So we're the first brand in Canada to release a biodegradable glitter at a retail level. When I was on my way to my manufacturers, when we were starting in 2017, the project stages, I'm like making my list of all my wish lists of all the things. And when I was doing the opera, I loved glitter. Like glitter just changes everything, especially on stage. And I'm sitting there in Calgary and I'm nowhere to fall. I'm filling out the list. And then this viral video pops up about how litter is glitter and it's hurting our eco waterways and my heart like sunk I was like oh my gosh I've killed so many fishes with my kit and with all the with, and you don't know what you don't know until you know that's a big thing too so you don't know what you don't know until you know and yeah. at that point I knew so I went into my manufacturer my chemist and I pitched her what I wanted to do I want to be like the makeup forever of the clean beauty world completely formulating everything from the ground up and I want a glitter line <laughs> She's like, yeah, hard. No, you can't have a microplastic in your line. I'm like, I know. So she's like, leave it with me. Let me see what we can do. A couple months later, she sent me samples of a biodegradable glitter. And I was like, okay, we need to be the first in Canada to release this because scientists are pushing yeah. to be, to have a worldwide ban because they're considered like microbeads. Remember that we're in toothpaste and Oh everything? yeah, 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 yeah. We're- yeah. Glitter, glitter is classified as the same. So like Carnival, there's some European countries that have already started the band, but we all love glitter, right? It all sparkles. I have it in my eyes right now. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we need to be the first. And I'm like, this is going to be such a huge hit. I've known other brands that just had glitter and they're like everywhere. We launched it. It was like a dud. Like it's, still is the hardest sale to this day like it's great to say that like we have glitter but people are like oh my god that's great like I don't know how to use it like I don't need it in my kit so it re- right like it's that beautiful thing but like mm, I'm not I'm not a glitter person and per se in makeup I love how it sparkles but it is a very much a, an overwhelming product to sort of use if you're just a, if you're a beauty newbie so that was a really hard lesson to be like okay so not only that but we had packaging fails so like when we released our glitter envy we call it for environment Dimensionally friendly glitter, it needed a primer because if you don't have something for it to stick to the lid, it's going to fall into your eyes and we can't have that. So we have this gloss that we named Gaia Gloss, which is like a multifunctional medium. It's actually a lip gloss, but it's amazing where we can use it in all sorts of places. And it's the primer for our glitter. Well, we had it in a little pot and I don't, again, you don't know what you don't know until you know. And I sourced eco-friendly plastic and while the circumference of the lid was a little bit wider and a little bit shorter, the moment you twisted it, just even the tiniest little bit to close it, the whole thing would crack. So I had two years of my life being like, don't over twist the litter, or else it'll crack on you. Don't over twist the little, it'll crack on you. <laughs> and getting through those sort of like perfectionist moments of being like, just education is key. This is a first launch problem. I have learned that there's always going to be a first launch problem and that's okay because that's how we grow. And it took a long time to just be like, okay, well that was a fail. How do we move on from that? Okay, barcodes. Well, I don't know about barcodes. No one's here to teach me About barcodes for cosmetics. So I Google it and this free app comes up. Well, that's illegal. (laughs) Thank goodness that was just for the glitters. But yeah, you need to actually register your barcodes with a company called GSI. I wouldn't have known that. How would I have known? Google didn't tell me that. So it's kind of like knowing that you're going, you are going to fail and there's going to be ways for you to grow from that failure. And my biggest take is if you're not failing, you're not growing. So that's how every single product from formulating took us a year and a half to formulate our product. So patience is a really big one where everyone's like, oh my gosh, you did this so fast. And I'm like, oh my God, I wanted this in six months and I wanted it launched to the world, but there's always going to be. So it's just that like knowing that this is just a phase and we're going to get through this and sort of the longer you take to not perfect it, but like make it as best as you can make it for the client, the better you're going to see a long-term, you're going to see a longer success rate. So it's not like a fast fashion or fast brand, like where you called private labeling where you put your brand on something and you take it to market. That's not at all what we're doing. And Rome wasn't built in a day. So I constantly have to give myself credit of like, okay, this is where we're going to, this is the next step. How are we reverse engineering it? Okay. I need a product. Okay. I need a manufacturer. Okay. So now we have that part. Now we need a website. Okay. Let's find how we can do a website. Okay. Well, what's the next step, right? It's kind of like, I knew as well, like we weren't going to sustain on glitter sales. Okay. Well, we need the color now. And you don't know what you're going to, you don't know what you don't know until you do it. And there was a lot of fails in terms of overshooting for packaging. When we were short, I was short to actually get the product filled and put to market. And it's just like, again, you don't know what you don't know until you do it. So the beginning days were like a long struggle in my office, in my basement. (laughs)
0: Let me pull some of the learning here for... Uh, our audience. So in the beginning, I'm hearing that you leaned on Google for some things, but then later on learned that some things aren't great that way, but you tapped into your local community and what business resources were already there and what business education was already there, which is awesome. And then you step forward into like a competition and in order to i'm guessing what that did for you not only did by winning did you get the money but it also gave some brand and personal awareness of who you are and what you were doing and Absolutely. the confidence to do that so wanted to highlight all those different things plus you pulled in the right people so you pulled in the bright manufacturers and the chemists and all these people to support the process where i think a lot of people try to just go it on their own and the cool thing is you didn't know that you'd be this big business. You just knew I'm going to do the next step and the next step and the next step. And so for those of you out there that are thinking, well, I never planned from the beginning of being big, so I won't be big or I won't get far. I won't be able to build a number one business because that wasn't the plan from the beginning. And hearing that was never your plan. Your plan was just, I love makeup and I want to put some really good clean beauty out there. Exactly. <laughs> that were
1: safe for all of us. Yeah, that we're safe oh, for, for all right. of us, too. Yeah. yeah, that's so
0: awesome. So you mentioned some of your failures, which I've been guilty of failures because I was just naive and didn't know like your barcode experience, <laughs> but also failures in launching something that just didn't work. So how did
1: you how did you get over the failures? Oh, yeah, I, I learned to I learned to not beat myself up over them and that if you don't have failure, you don't have growth. Nothing is going to be perfect the first time you do it because you've never done it before. So I've never launched a product. I've never sourced a product before. I have never done this before. So I had to give myself a bit of uh, like some grace on this, especially as a professional makeup artist, like that's so picky and like that's your like that's your life work, right? So I expected this launch to be exactly the same. And it's perfect. Like you see on the internet, you see at Sephora, you see at Ulta, and you see all these big brands that are going to market and they look so glamorous. Well, literally down to, to like pictures, like down to branding, down to product shots was done by, by me in my basement. So there is, you can kind of see that it's not perfect and that's okay. At least we're showing up. That's the biggest thing, too, is you just have to show up and keep going. So our first fail when that cracked, my husband joked about like, oh, it's Miss Crack. like, no, that'd be a thing. Let's not say that. And it was leading into that humility and talking about it and educating our clients and educating on social media. This is the thing that this is the issue that we're dealing with. Please bear with us. Don't overturn it. We had people duct taping that lid. We had people depotting it into a different lid. <laughs> Anything that they could do to keep that lid together, they did it. And I'm so grateful that they, because a lot of times you're like, oh, this product, this lid is, you know, junk. We're going to throw it out and you move on to the next brand. But I had such a, backing with my community because I built my community prior with my makeup artistry business that people believed in me. And they're like, that's okay. We understand that this is the first launch. I didn't understand that because I was like, I wanted this perfect. And I was so mad for so long. And I had to lean into it and be like, it's okay. We're going to move on the next. Now I know what to do for the next one. So when we launched our foundations, our lipsticks and our art shadows, I knew what I was looking for. And I knew I had to invest into better packaging for it to be a longer sustainability. Yes. And that's what I did. So, but if that failure didn't happen, those steps wouldn't have happened.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And it makes you a stronger person and really it tests your passion. But it's just seen as one other step on the process. And what I love is your connection to your community, your authenticity in being like, yeah, it we we now realize this was a mistake on our part, what we're fixing it. Mm -hmm. And you were giving kind of some tips to them rather than just like, Oh, no, you must have you must have done that you you took ownership. And I think that's something that everyone needs to remember is what you put out there might not be perfect. But what you do with that and how you fix it with your customers is going to be what actually keeps you in business or not. 100%. 100%. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You you have had a lot of uh, exposure you've won different awards or uh, been in different magazines and and things. And so how did you get those opportunities? Because in order to be number one, you need to be more known. So how, how did you get those opportunities?
1: So a lot of them, they were coming... The first I would have to say the very, very first one was the Small Business Award. Someone nominated us for a small business award back in 2020 and as for best youth entrepreneur back in my youth days before I was 35. And I had never done besides she shop entrepreneur, I had never really like. Written out or like pitched to someone outside of my community. That was the big thing too, is that I'm in Salmon Arm in the shoe shop I have, or the Okanagan. I had to go and actually physically pitch outside of my community in Vancouver. So that was like a huge step for me to go and be like okay, we're going to go and see if it's not just my community that feels this way, <laughs> but if it's others and outside of other communities that are feeling the same way that they feel, and it's not just a biased opinion. And we ended up getting finalists. So I ended up getting to go, it was literally three weeks before lockdown in February, 2020 at the Vancouver Conference Center. And I walked into this big room at the Vancouver Convention Center, and it was like three 500 people, glitz and glam. And then there's my video up, and I've literally only been launched not even a year yet, because We technically, we launched our color in May 10th of 2019 and this is February 2020, and there I am. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like I'm up against people from Vancouver all over the places, and I'm just in my little small basement. And from that, it snowballed. Once you kind of do one, then people find you. Google is a very powerful tool. Mm-hmm. And other magazines were coming in and being like, we would like to feature you. We think your story is amazing. We would like to have you as the top 10 most influential businesswomen of Canada and have your story story into our magazine and I was like this is insane so and then we finally then we won started winning clean beauty awards so our art shadow has won twice in the global clean beauty award for best eyeshadow the first year we beat up pure cosmetics from my basement which is really big and when we first won I was too scared to talk about that I was too scared to actually oh. be like, we won and we beat out Pure Cosmetics. It took me up until a year ago, really, to be like, this is a big deal and to actually publicly put it out there. Be like, this is who we are. And this is our competition and we won. And then we, every year we've been part of it. And last year we won for Best Sun Care with our Body Glow Oil. And it's an amazing product like no one else, like nothing else. Oh. Um, and we beat out a brand from Korea, which was huge. And we say that everywhere. I'm like, yeah, we beat out a brand from Korea. Like, this is big and it's we had to ship these products to places we've never even heard of before so it's like when these opportunities come up into my email I'm constantly saying yes like yes I would love to be part of this because it really helps you hone in on your story it helps you write because I'm not a very good writer shoot we have spelling mistakes even on the box for foundation because I did it (laughs) back in whenever and it was just like kind of once you do one and you get your name out there and people start googling your name and all these accolades come up they want It builds your credibility in the industry. And it builds you as a credibility as an entrepreneur. And I never really, I was like, this is cool. This is great. But I never really honed in on that to why this is so important. Because we wouldn't have got to these places if it wasn't for that first nomination with the Small Business Awards in 2020. And it kind of snowballs. And it's just, if I don't have time for it, do you know what? And I also, I've seen a lot of other people too, where they're nominated for like the Women of Influence with the RBC. RBC mm. awards, right? I've been nominated three years in a row and as ones to watch because we still were a startup. But like that application is daunting. I can see why people don't have time to fill it out. And I always look at it as a, if I don't fill it out, I'm giving the person who nominated me a disservice. Mm. that I'm not grateful for the opportunity that they're presenting me. Yes, is it a lot of work? Yes, is it take, not taking away from my business? But it is, it's a lot of time investment into that. But I feel that that's time investment worthwhile because they took the time to nominate me. And I've seen other people post that, you know, thank you for all of these things. I just don't have time for everything else. And I just look at it just so differently. I just, yeah. and because I'm so grateful because I wouldn't well, be here without them.
0: And, and it's a priority because this is how you've been able to have doors open to you yeah. and get really free publicity from pushing and accepting and saying yes to these. So I hope listeners that you're thinking about like where can you go and nominate even yourself for awards or follow up with any opportunities you see out there to be featured in magazines because it it is a way of getting your business out there so got a couple of questions left for you you said that you were lingerie and you went for this award right before the pandemic so Did you need to do a pivot during the pandemic? Cause you're a makeup artist. And so how can you be in space putting on makeup and just all the other things? So what did you have to do during that time?
1: Yeah, so I, so prior to COVID, my, my sort of game plan with Miss Mac was to go wholesaler, was to go um, B2B, because that's what everyone did. That's what you do when you have a brand is you want to try to get into Sephora, you want to try to get with well, you want, that's the thing, that's what everyone does. And we were barely treading water and it didn't, I couldn't understand why, like it just wasn't working for us. And then COVID hit and they all shut down. And so I was like, No one is going to build this but me now it's almost gave me the freedom to be able to go and be like and work on my business and not try to build it for someone else because I kind of felt like with retail I was building someone else's business, instead of building me. And it gave me the permission to do so so and I knew I had to flip it instantly and I'm a huge educator. But then that first week of lockdown, I offered online Zoom lessons and I had people from Boston to Newfoundland to Toronto joining in and it boosted our online sales. It also gave people something to look forward to. So like get together with a glass of wine with women that you don't know or people that you've never met before and learn a new skill that you have all the products and we record it and you get to save it and you get to watch it again. So it was like, it gave okay. people excitement and it gave people something to look forward to in the day during such a terrible thing that's going on in the world. And because of it, our online sales boosted up. So once things open up, people were coming and shopping in my basement because we lost all of our local retailers. And at that point, weddings for me here, never stopped. They were just smaller, so I really honed in on my hair skills and being kind of like that the the one token hair and makeup, yeah, yeah one woman show mm-hmm. because you you had to if you didn't you would you might not have a job because you would take out too many people when we you could only have thirteen or whatever in your little area, and so that never stopped for me that season. It just was smaller. And I really honed in onto my hair skills and then people started shopping in my basement. So not only were we doing lessons in my basement, I had my training program that I was teaching in my basement and it just was kind of snowballing to the point like, oh my gosh, I need to find my own space. And... My skincare was actually made in this very spot that we're in today. I worked with another female local to create our skincare from the ground up. We brought in our proprietary ingredient with Miss Mac and we formulated for six months. And that was something that we were really like, we're working with Sam Narm. it's made in Sam Narm for skincare. And she messaged me the same day that I was looking for a space. And she's like, hey, I've decided to move to Saskatchewan. I hope you'll still work with me. I'm like, of course, we made this amazing two products. And I was actually across the street and I came in and uh, she's like, yeah, I don't know what to do with my lease. I'm like, I'm going to have to like, I have to like, you know, have an exit plan. And I'm like, looking at it, and I'm like, no, I'll take it. Like, I will take over your lease. Like, we have the Trans-Canada Highways right here. You can mm-hmm. see it. if you're heading from Calgary to Kamloops, you can see us from the highway. And I was like, no, this is perfect. Like, it's the perfect space. It's only 900 square feet. And I'm like, no, I'll take it. And she's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. So I was like, okay, I'm getting out of my basement. And I've always wanted, it's always a pipeline dream of mine to have our own Miss Mac stores where we do the hair, we do the makeup, we do the services, we do the lessons. And then we have our retailer. And then behind this wall is where we have all of our distribution. So we house everything here. And seminar. And during a global pandemic in April of 2021, I opened up our very first storefront and it boomed. We saw 600% in sales with our store. I created our free pampering sessions because makeup's not a passive sale. And I think that's why. With retail, for us, it wasn't working because our products are so unique and so multi-use that you need that education. So the ones that have hold on, they're now teaching and learning how to do the pampering sh- sessions because you need that experience and you need that education and you need that feel. And after the pandemic, who doesn't want to be touched, right? Because yeah. you haven't hugged anyone or touched anyone in so long. So just to sit in the chair and just to get that beautiful facial massage was just like butter and something super magical. So from there, we went and opened a second store within that six months, downtown bank sorry, downtown Victoria for my executive hair, my executive educator, who was um, Heather Nightingale, who was my boss at Makeup Forever back in the day. And uh, I took a risk going into a brand new market who's never heard of us in a city that got hit hardest with COVID. Um, but I knew if I didn't take this box or so right downtown across from Pegliacci's. And if I didn't take that spot, that spot will not be available to us and that opportunity will be gone. So we took a risk, but we're still here and we're doing it. And we won community votes in Victoria last, in this January for bronze for best cosmetic store. And uh, yeah, and now the plan is to franchise and to have more stores across Canada. This is kind of a crazy, the way that, if COVID never happened, if COVID never happened, it would have never forced me to go direct to consumer. It would have never got me out of my basement and into two storefronts in six months. to yeah to really to become Canada's number one so yeah
0: I love That's the the ever. lesson from that is you don't have to do things the way everyone else in the industry is doing you yeah. can be a trailblazer and really carve your own path and to take maybe things that would be seen as an obstacle and turn them in a, into an opportunity. You just do that time and time again through what you've told me in your stories. So your educating is a big thing. And I know that you've got a gift for everyone listening, which is the contouring one-on-one video. Tell us a little That's bit about correct. that.
1: That's correct. So big thing here is us is lessons. So we do and workshops. And even in our pampering sessions that we offer free all day, every day, we still are teaching you a little bit about your bone structure and contour. So contouring is when you are pushing points away in your face to get that beautiful, I call it like the silhouette of the face. Back in the day, it was more of everyone needs to have an oval face. Some man made that back in the day, but that was the ideal face shape for a woman. So he created a heart shape a oval face, a triangle face, a diamond face, and then you contour and push those points away so it looks more ideal, more oval. Long gone are those days. So I create what's called the Miss Mac Facial Guides. And once you understand your guides, you can go into your makeup seamless every time. And the biggest thing with contouring is for just following your natural cheekbone to Mm. give that beautiful definition. And especially when we're on Zoom, it's a really nice way because sometimes the lights can flatten you or we're you know, we're one dimensional supposed to three dimensional. So it just brings those beautiful contouring mm-hmm. back to our face. Yeah. So it's really easy. I go down into depth, the why the placement, the bone structure, the brush and why the brush is so important and the color that we use is so important too. So I'm going to guide you. It's about a Actually, it's an 11 minute video and it's for yours to keep. So make sure no one else can see this on YouTube, but you, so you can keep <laughs> it. You can always come back to it. And then there's also a promo code as well to save 20% and yes. you get a free gift as well. So the program, the promo code is D S W no D W S 23. 23 yes. to get 23.
0: 20% off. So amazing. All of that will be in the notes so that anyone and everyone can go and pick these things up and and get a deal so that and you know now you've been you've seen it you've heard about it that just right beside where missy is right now is where they're gonna pack up your order and send it out to you so final final message to our audience based on the idea of you building a number one business in canada like what what's your final message to everyone out there especially if they want to build a strong and successful business as well
1: yeah, I think leading into your failure is huge. Knowing that if you're not failing, you're not growing. And no one is going to build your dream but you. If you want, if you have a vision of being a global brand, no one else is going to do that. No one else is going to figure out a way. No one else is going to hustle the way that you hustle to make that happen. So know that. And consistency compound. Like Sometimes it feels like you're doing the things and nothing's happening. That's how I felt for a year and a half to two years when I was starting at the project stages of Miss Mac. But it does. And you just stay consistent, and one day you will get there. Amazing!
0: So, listeners, you're going to get there. Just put one foot in front of the other. Do exactly. Do the work. Put in the work, and say yes to opportunities. That's one of the things that definitely was a highlight uh, for me and what you were saying. So, thank you so much, Missy, for sharing. Thank you for bringing your gifts. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for
1: having me. It's been so much fun.
0: Yay! So, for those of you listening, if you haven't yet, hit subscribe. And we'd love to hear what you do, you know, what you think of the show. So write us a review. And when you do, please screenshot it, send it to team at dianerolson.com. And we'd be happy to send you a little something special in the mail. So include your mailing address as well. And if you have someone in your life who loves makeup, then send them this episode. And if you have someone in your life who's building a business and maybe needs a little encouragement, then this episode is also for them. Until next time, everyone, stay dynamic. Bye. Thank you, Dynamic Women, for joining us today. Please hop on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. Who do you know who needs to hear our message? We'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family. If you're ready to be more dynamic, have more balance, and more success, head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book. Stay dynamic.